grace, mercy, and peace be multiplied abundantly unto you all through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You may be seated. I want to talk to you today about an important man, a man like you and me, a man in the gospel. We're going to give him a name, just to remember that he is a person. We're going to call him Manny. Manny, Manny, however you want to pronounce it. Manny impressed the people who knew him. He impressed them with his peaceful look on his face. It was the look of one who had his life all together, who was at peace with himself, who knew who he was. Manny was a man who had finally gotten it all together, and people could tell it by the expression on his face. He was in his right mind, so to speak. And people who knew him were also impressed by the clothes that he wore. They were not necessarily fancy clothes or even stylish clothes, but the people were not used to seeing him wearing clothes at all. But now he was, and that made them feel comfortable. This Bible story from Mark chapter 5 is absolutely fascinating, as are most Bible stories that have been recorded for our learning. Jesus shows his power over the demonic, but not just one demon, but many thousands. Matthew's gospel tells us there were 2,000 pigs that the demons were sent into. That could give us a hint of how many demons there were. Or the name Legion. It's a Roman legion that consists of over 6,000 men. Maybe that gives us a hint of how many demons were in this individual let me ask you, are you afraid of demons? How do you know? I mean, you can't see them. You can't hear them. Yes, they are bad. Yes, they are the devil's helpers. But this lesson tells us not to be afraid of them. Not to be afraid of the bad or the evil, and especially the kind we can't see. Why? Because of Jesus. You see, Jesus is with us all the time. He said he would never leave us. That means he's with us all the time. And here is the cool thing of this story. Well, the demons, even in numbers, are afraid of Jesus. Yes, he shouted at the top of his lungs, this man. Why do you want with me? What do you want with me, Jesus, son of the most high God? Swear to God that you won't torture me. Even if there were thousands of them, they fear Jesus because he is more powerful than them. And they're afraid of him. So we don't need to be afraid of demons because demons are afraid of Jesus and Jesus is always with us. It's a great story, but there's so much more in this account. 
There are lots of cool things to talk about in the Bible stories. We're going to focus on the before and the after about the man named Manny. There are lots of pictures and artists' renditions of the demon-possessed man, but you think I could find a picture of him sitting by Jesus, fully clothed and in his right mind? A lot harder to find, but I did find one. And to me, the miracle is that he had not always been this way. But Jesus changed him and put him in his right mind. Now, at one time, Manny had been quite different. He was so out of control and frantic that he had abandoned his home and lived among the dead. He hid in the tombs and the caves. He tore his clothes from his body, and he ran around naked. He was violent. He was such a terror to travelers that people quit passing by that region, according to Matthew. Some of the locals tried to bind him up with chains, but the strength of Manny and possessed by demonic men, he cried out and he could not be restrained or bound. And he cried out night and day. The rocks along the seashores rang out with his expressions of agony and torment. Says he cut himself with stones. He would roam through the wilderness and run wildly along the beaches of the lake called the Sea of Galilee. He was not in his right mind. One morning, while this man... Manny, was running through the rocks, he saw Jesus and his disciples run their boat up to the shore. They had just come from sailing and paddling through an enormous, furious storm. The man paused. He gazed. He approached. He fell at the feet of Jesus, and he cried out, what have you to do with me, Jesus of Nazareth, son of the most high God? There was something about Jesus that at once attracted him and repulsed him. There was something spiritual about that, once fascinated and at the same time terrified his ravaged mind. And Jesus saw at once Manny's wrecked condition. And he commanded the unclean spirit to leave Manny. But then Manny cried out, Have you come to torment us? And if to steady Manny's mind just for a moment and recall to him his senses, Jesus asks him his name. But the demonic answers, my name is Legion, for we are many. Perhaps today this man would be diagnosed with multiple personality disorders. Perhaps not. We don't fully understand the nature of demon possession at all. I mean, I do know this. Manny is not alone. 
There are lots of people who are not themselves. There are lots of people who would describe themselves as tormented. Few would say demon-possessed, but many, many would, at times, would describe themselves as not being in the right state of mind. So if for a minute you thought that this Bible story didn't apply to you because you're not demon-possessed, let's talk about this for a little bit and let's apply it to us because God's word always applies to you and me. Let's focus on that today. What I love about the Bible is it records for us parts of the life and ministry of Jesus and there was a lot that Jesus said and did. Too much, the author of Gospel of John said, too much to put in any book. And the stories that are reported for us are ones that teach us big, gigantic truths and important lessons for us to learn. We rarely get trivia from the Gospel accounts. We get the goods that are going to burn an image and a lesson about the Son of God into our brains so that we would never forget. The Bible shows us what we might consider extreme cases in order to show us the extreme extent of God's love and his power. And this is one of these stories if Jesus can heal and deliver this man from this kind of evil, if Jesus can take this man who was possessed by thousands of demons, who was so completely out of his mind, then surely he can heal and deliver you and I too. If Jesus can do that, then surely he can help me, who is not even close to as bad off as that man. There are a lot of us who think ourselves to be somewhat normal, yet who are more than one person within. Think about it. Time for a little bit of self-reflection. I think we come to church for that too. To our children, we are one person. To our spouse, we might be another. To people in business, we are someone else. To our friends, we can be yet another person. How many of you honestly are bothered by how you can act one way around one group of people and catch yourself, or not catch yourself, acting totally another way when you're around another group of people. Or you act one way in public and another way in private. Or you act one way offline and another way online. How many of you, in a moment of introspection, 
sometimes wonder who you really are. You wonder why sometimes you are so conflicted, why you can't seem to do the good you want to do, but the bad you don't want to think or do, you keep on doing it. How many of you get disappointed with yourself sometimes? By the way, that's next Sunday's reading. We do not know how many, or legion, came to be in such a miserable and unhappy state. Now, I don't know if the demons drove him to be by himself, or if he knew how violent and messed up he was, that he just wanted to be alone. He didn't trust himself. We don't know how the demons came to occupy him. Maybe it was because of an immoral lifestyle. I mean, that happens to us when we continue to do wrong, when we know what is right, and we continue to ignore our conscience, and it eats away at us, and it drives us literally insane, and we become torn. Mmm, torn. Robert Louis Stevenson's The Strange Case of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. It's not simply a horror story. It's a parable of a soul tossed by conflict. A distinguished gentleman and physician has a vicious alter ego that wants to go out at night and commit crime. Dr. Jekyll developed a solution that could bring his depraved self forward as Mr. Hyde and then restore him back to the gentleman who would pay for the damages. He worked the change so often that Mr. Hyde became dominant and would take over when Dr. Jekyll was off guard. Finally, Dr. Jekyll lost the power to be restored. If you think you alone can control that evil that lurks within, think again. We do not know if that was the case with Manny. Maybe he had never been quite right emotionally. Maybe there was some incident in his childhood that caused him to be the kind of raving, insane person that he became. We do not know the source of his condition. We do not know why he was the way he was. We do know that he was possessed by many demons. But the point of the story is not how he became the troubled soul. The point of the story is the radical change that took place when he met Jesus Christ. Near to the place where Manny dwelled, there was a hill on which there was a herd of about 2,000 pigs feeding. According to the scripture testimony, the demons which possessed Manny asked to, be, to enter into the swine, and Jesus granted the request, deviled ham. Immediately, they left this poor, unfortunate man and entered the pigs, and the swine ran frantically down a steep slope and fell into the lake and were drowned. The people who owned the hogs 
were upset by this, came out to see what had happened. And this is when they saw Manny, or Legion, sitting there with a calm look on his face, clothed and in his right mind. I wish I could see this man, and I wish I could see the look on the townsfolk's faces, because they'd never seen him like this before, or in a long time. Don't you find it interesting that the first thing that Manny did after Jesus delivered him, he put on clothes. Now, there's an old, old tradition, by the way, and some of you remember it. It's the tradition of wearing new suit, new dress, or new clothes on Easter Sunday. You know where that custom came from? Maybe from this Bible story. Often new Christians were baptized on Easter Sunday and they were given new white robes to wear. Those who were already baptized would put on new or clean clothes on Easter as a reminder of their own baptism that symbolized and represented the new life in Jesus Christ. The old has gone. The new has come. That's where the saying, Sunday's best, came from. That kind of radical change, the creation of a new life, is possible only through the grace of Almighty God, through His Son, Jesus Christ. But there are many people who do not believe that such a dramatic change is possible for people. And that's kind of sad. Many people say, you can't change human nature. But it's true. You can. Jesus can. Jesus is all about changing lives. And let this story remind you. So here's a true story, because everybody's got a story. It's reported by a pastor of a young lady, 15 years of age, came home one evening to find that her father had hung himself in a tree in the front yard. It seems that her mother, approximately 35 years old, has become involved with a 21-year-old man. The girl's father found out about it, and in despair, he ended his life. A short time later, the mother married the young man, so now the 15-year-old girl has a 21-year-old stepfather. One night, a few months later, her new stepfather broke into her room and assaulted this young girl whereby she became pregnant and gave birth to a son. Now, the emotional impact of these horrible events drove her nearly insane. She ended up running away from home, carrying a tremendous amount of resentment towards her mother, her stepfather, all men in general. Here is this girl with a baby boy who feels like the world is against her who feels like no one can, she can't trust anybody and who sees no reason to go on living. She became involved with alcohol and drugs to ease her pain and lived a reckless and dead-end life. Then one day, 
after five years of this kind of living, when she was about 21 years old, she met a group of people who believed in Jesus as their Savior, whose lives had been changed by Jesus, who had the love of Jesus Christ in their hearts, and they lived to love others. They surrounded her with that love, and for the first time, she realized there was more meaning to life and that there are people that she can trust. She realized that not everyone was out to manipulate or exploit her. She became a Christian, and her life changed, and it became joyful and radiant. She gained full custody of her son, and she even went to court and gained full custody of her younger brother, who was five by this time, just one year younger than her own son, her brother by her stepfather and her mother. His parents were living somewhere in a truck, and they pretty well abandoned the boy. So now she was raising two boys without much income and studying to be a nurse because she believed that's what God wanted her to do. And even though life was constant struggle and a heavy burden for her, she wore a smile on her face and a radiant look. Every Easter, her friends from church took her shopping for a new outfit that she got to wear on Easter to remind her of how God saw her and how he changed her from a life out of control to a life controlled by the love and grace of Jesus Christ. Can Manny, the deranged legion, be changed? Yes, he was changed. People are being changed today as well. They are being changed because of a confrontation with the Lord Jesus Christ. And that is another huge takeaway for us. Jesus had compassion on him. He delivered him. There is something about Christ that does that. His compassion, his concern, his forgiveness, and his power. I know that when I get to heaven, I want to find that man named Manny. I want to hear about the rest of his life. Not the life filled with demons, but the life filled with the love of Jesus and the witness of how much Jesus had done for him. And then Manny gets to heaven and he's meeting all these people there. And there's Mary Magdalene, who had seven evil spirits cast out of her. And he meets her. And then he meets me. And he tells me all about that day on the shores of Galilee. And then he asks me, what did Jesus do for you? And I looked at him and I said, he died for me. He gave his life for me. Don't you find it interesting how the story ends? The people of the village were impressed to see Manny sitting there with a calm expression on his face and fully clothed, but they were frightened by the power of Christ. 
and they were infuriated by the loss of their income. So they drove Jesus from their midst. Manny wanted to go with Jesus, but Jesus declined and told them, go to your home, to your friends, and tell them what the Lord has done for you. It's not necessary for everyone who has met Christ to leave home and become a missionary in some distant land. Jesus needed Manny to be a missionary in his own hometown with his own family. And he needs the same for you to do that. Dear brothers and sisters, for all of us who are torn, often conflicted, because sometimes we just don't know who we are or do know not like who we are or despair who we are, so weighed down by sin from both within and from without. The good news is we can be healed and delivered. We can have that peaceful, right-mind expression that Manny's community found on his face. Christ has saved us from evil without and evil within. And that is good news for all of us. Amen.